good realtor will spend three hours a day calling. This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is Real Estate Marketing Dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. And folks, what we're going to be talking about today has a little bit to do or a whole lot to do with relationship building I'll be directly blunt and honest with you. People do business with agents they know, like, trust, first and foremost. Um, nobody hires the agent they don't personally like or they can't personally imagine themselves like drinking a beer together, for example. And I want you to think about any of the hiring decisions you've made in your lifetime, whether it's a financial planner, um, whether it was your car salesman, whatever it was, be honest with yourself. You actually personally like the person you did business with. And it's just the way it is. Birds of a feather flock together. So what we're going to be doing today is sort of how we will go about and um, we're bringing on a guest that's going to talk about how she as an expert in relationship building. In other words, how do you speak to people and how do you not speak at them, but speak with them? How do you adapt the tonality, the body language and all of the above to actually resonate and start a conversation that builds trust more importantly, builds your authority and gets people to actually want to freaking work with you. There's no shortage of real estate agents out there, but there is a shortage of agents that are uh, focusing not so much on selling a bunch of houses, but building a bunch of relationships. And when you just build a bunch of relationships, you just happen to sell a lot more houses. That's what attraction is. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome our guest, Mrs. Jennifer Sino Tucker out of Long Island, New York with Exit Realty. What's up, Jennifer? <laughs> Oh, I love your intro. Thank you so much. That's totally awesome. I really appreciate that. I'm super stoked to be here. Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, your background, and then let's get right on into it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm born and raised here on Long Island, a very typical kind of upbringing. My parents were entrepreneurs, so I think that's where my uh, spirit kind of began. They owned a little small oil company. So when I just saw how hard my dad really worked, up at 5 a.m., home at 7 p.m., and it was really, really hard work. I think that's where most of my work ethic kind of really comes from. Went on to college, got a master's degree in teaching, and realized that I don't think I was the best fit to be in front of a, a bunch of 14-year-olds, 13, 14, 15-year-olds. I taught middle school in, in the Bronx, and it was pretty tough and rough. But um, I realized that it wasn't where I could service people and get a genuine, authentic feeling of building a relationship with someone. So I just felt kind of out of sync. I started my own kids' fitness business, and it wasn't really successful. But my mom was in the real estate business for about 25 years, and I was looking for her for some mentorship. And she literally took a lead, crumbled it up, and threw it in the garbage in front of me as I was talking with her. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's like prospecting. That's like money, like future money. How can you just throw it away? She goes, I don't have time for rentals. Are you kidding me? I'm too busy working with buyers and sellers. So I had the time. I literally picked up the phone right then in there in her office and uh, uh, enrolled in the course. And that's kind of how real estate began for me. Nice. And um, your whole thing is relationship building one-on-one. Is that right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, in the beginning when I was a realtor, I was really focused on the transaction and making money. And I realized later rather than sooner that it was really about the relationship and who was in front of you as opposed to thinking about the future. I needed to stay present in order for my future to be profitable. And it just took me some time to figure out the pathway of that financially freeing lifestyle. Interesting. Folks, if you're not listening to what we're saying here is, uh, let me describe two different types of real estate agents or lenders for that matter, anyone in the real estate business. Um, there's two types of agents I see. There's salespeople and then there's business owners. The salespeople are the ones who celebrate after the damn transaction, put the money in their freaking bank account and then go out and spend it within the next 30 days. A business person is one who will invest X amount of that money back into their business, will maintain the relationship, meaning they're going to add that person to their email list, add them to a direct mail list, add them to their Facebook list, actually stay in touch with them, invite them to their client parties, do pop buys. Because the truth mm -hmm. is, is that the money is not made in the individual single transaction. You build wealth as being a real estate agent after the third or fourth transaction that you have with an individual, because the average person buys three to five houses over the course of their lifetime. And the average person also has an unlimited ability to send you business or referrals because 100% of people at right now at this given point know someone they can refer you to. So if you're going to be playing the long game, that's how you do it. Guys, you have to start with relationship building. That's where the stuff is. So walk me through uh, your business. And right now, how much of your business is based upon warm and referral versus like cold lead gen? Uh, yeah, I'd say like, I'd say like 70 to 75% of my business right now is referral business for sure. My niche market, I really love working with investors. I mean, you just hit a key point that it's like, you know, not until the third, fourth, and fifth home that you sell them that you really start generating wealth. And that I kind of found my, my marketing and my compatibility working with people who are like me and those were investors. I just like the, the quickness of it. I mean, it's just really- No emotion. Kind of, no one's really, complaining yeah. about- People are Total crying adrenaline. about- the $15 GFCI outlet that the deal dies over and then no fucking agent wants to cut their commission because you guys are looking at losing $15 on your commission, but you just lost 15,000 on a pissed off client, not to mention the rest of the referrals. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's just it. There's no motion. And, and I, I know I'm a female here. So a lot of the, you know, I, I kind of take a different kind of route than I think a lot of female agents do. They like working with those first time home buyers and holding the hands of the seller. Don't get me wrong. I had to be a chameleon in the beginning to meet the needs of the client who was in front of me at the time. But I just realized that if I can do research, which I love doing research, I love going to the town and figuring out the lot size and, and just dimensions. Can we put a house there? Can we move that year? I just realized that working with investors is really the way to go. And that's been my biggest relationship. So I have like two A investors that I'm constantly turning um, homes over with. And I just go to them with anything that falls in front of on my desk. I love it. Um, so you got a niche. This is interesting. So I want to break this podcast into two components. You get referral business. So I want to focus on how you nurture and maintain the relationship with referrals. And then when we get done with that, then I want to talk about how you get people who are distressed because that's what investors work with to actually trust you and sell you their house for pennies on a dollar or one of your clients. Because that is also a relationship building process mm -hmm. that if you show up with dollar signs and commission breath, you're not getting the damn deal. I promise you that. If you show, <laughs> if you show up with a caring heart, and showing that you give a shit and you actually want to help someone solve their problem, you're going to get the deal. And um, it's all in how you present yourself. So let's start with the, with the first part. 
how are we nurturing and maintaining? And let's not get into the investor thing yet because that's a niche. And I think that's going to be awesome because you're dealing with a specific clientele in that. But I want to know how you're nurturing um, and relationship building just with your past clients. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, anyone I meet, I don't, it's not even just past clients, but anyone I meet goes into my weekly email drip campaign where I'm just kind of giving them market, marketing data, what's going on here on Long Island as well as the city. Um, you know, a lot of people were kind of, were kind of lost through COVID. I mean, what was going on? What was real, was real estate moving? Was it happening? You know, and I, I felt like I was more at the forefront where I can provide, you know, past clients and those who we're looking to either buy or sell some information as to, yes, real estate's still moving. We're, we're still moving forward. Um, so the drip email, and I've been doing that for about four years now, every Wednesday goes out every Wednesday at uh, 6 a.m. to everyone I, I, I've been in contact with. So that's been one way. And another thing has just been, you know, farming. I, I'm a little bit of a hybrid between old school and new school, being not door knocking, pop buys, uh, farming, as well as maybe a little, a little bit of social media. So I call myself a little bit of hybrid in that area where I just, sure. I, I like more of the face-to-face. -face. I, I feel more at ease. And that's just me and my personality, as opposed to, you know, that kind of distance and social engaging. But that has been really, really a way for me to, to continue and stay in front of my clients as well. I'm not right. a huge, I'm not a huge CRM girl though. I have to be honest with you. Well, remember like CRMs didn't exist in the eighties either. Like, but people still built their business off of relationships. Nothing's changed mm -hmm. with the way people make decisions other than the way that we remain in communication with people. People, the actual fundamentals of how someone hires someone remains the same. It's just the ways that we communicate to stay on top of mind with them has changed. Email is just one channel. Social media is just one channel. Direct mail is just one channel. And these are just multiple uh, channels that we could sort of say, hey, don't forget I exist. Are you personally writing these emails or are you signed up with some sort of spam boilerplate type thing that tells people to turn back their clocks? You know what? I, I'm personally doing it right still because it takes me 30 minutes now to get it out. It's a constant contact, drip email. The format is constantly the same. I'm just plugging in new information and um, scheduling it when it goes out. So, I mean, in the beginning, it, it was definitely more like an hour or two, an hour and a half, two hours possibly. But now it's just like on a Tuesday, I block plan it. I put it in my calendar between 2 and 3 p.m. and I, I knock it out. Love it. I want to share with you guys an email I got this morning it's from one of our uh, clients. He does the same thing. And my point here is that boiler-plated, templated stuff that you hire a service for $15 a month lacks all authenticity. And it doesn't resonate with your database. It's awesome that she's taking the 30 minutes to put a personal touch on it because people notice that. So I have a guy in, um, his name's Paul George. Hey, Paul George, where are your videos at? If you're listening to the podcast, I'm calling you out right now, buddy. I'm calling you right out. But I love your emails, Paul, because I'm getting them. And what he does is he'll create an email like once a week, but he pours his heart and soul into it. And you can tell that it's just an email, but you can tell he personally took the time to write it. And therefore, that's why people still read it. People don't read spam. Like I want you guys to think about something when you're communicating with your database. And if you're communicating with your database, following the automated turn back the clock, just listed, just sold postcards, you're not really nurturing them. You're trying to sell them a bunch of shit they don't want to buy. That's just the absolute truth of the, of the matter here. So you guys have to realize this. And you know this is really, really important is that if you don't have 30 minutes a week 
to dedicate to where in, in your case, Jennifer, 70% of your business comes from, you're not running a damn business. Yeah. Like that's sure. two hours a month. You can't put two hours a month into your database. And then how many agents do you know? Don't even talk to their database. And then how are they doing today? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, it's just, you know, me again, it's meeting people where they're at and some again are either email or, or that farming. I think it's just the momentum though, that agents need to create. If we're just sitting still and waiting on for passive people to kind of come by working with the big Z as I call them, yeah. I don't think that's, that's really the way to go. We need to be doing money-making activities, active activities, prospecting at least two hours a day. And, and I'm still, I'm still prospecting. I mean, like I said, most of my business is still about, uh, most of it is referrals, but I still try to prospect with some new, new people out there. And I think that's also kind of key, especially for new agents. I agree. So folks, database marketing, how you stay in relationship with them, just don't disappear. Pretty simple. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have a spouse, you speak to them every day. The second you stop talking to him is the second the divorce papers start getting filed. So, you know, just keep it very, very, very simple, guys. Stay in communication with your most important assets. And the only way you do that is consistent communication with the same audience. That audience is your database. All right, let's switch to the investor side because that's a tough nut to crack a lot of times because, again, a lot of people are trying to sell a bunch of shit to people that have need mm-hmm. problems to be sold. See, a realtor typically, and I'm, I don't know, we, you guys, we haven't met before. We just talked five minutes before we got onto the show. So a couple of questions. I'm doing a lot of work in the seller lead generation category right now. We have a way that we can basically get in front of highly distressed assets very quickly through multiple channels. And we see what's um, working on them, but you could have the best marketing in the world. If they don't like you, it's not happening because... These distress, I'm talking about absentee owners, uh, short sales, foreclosure, divorce, probate. Um, I'm talking about life situations that symbolize a, a, a house sale that's going to be taken. Is that sort of the market that you're chasing with your investor clients? Yeah, I would say so. And I'm more, um, more of a kind of cold calling on those kind of distressed properties, typically your short sales and foreclosures for my investors. They're looking to um, hold the properties. So it's kind of just been what they're comfortable with. I think coming from this chameleon kind of way and and knowing who's on the other line is what's been successful for me. Totally. We used to do a lot of short sales, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. We're doing 30 to 40. And I remember a lot of people like at that time, the saying was you had to have a stone heart. Like because you were dealing with such distressed assets, like people would come into our office crying. People were losing everything. This is in the last crash, you guys. And it's not like dealing with a, a traditional seller. This isn't, about high, this isn't about highest and best. And right off the bat, that's where most agents lose this. So I want you to define what you mean by chameleon. Yeah, so I, I've learned to be a chameleon by really through, through science and psychology, I would say, and studying a personality profiling. So I like to use the DISC personality profiling, where I'm able to identify the two major personalities of the person who I'm sitting in front of or talking to just by knowing who they are. So what I do is I change who I am to meet them where they're at. Love that. So for our listeners that don't know what DISC is, break it down for them. Yeah, so DISC, uh, there's obviously four different personalities and, and you're primarily two of the four. You're all four, but two of them stand out. And of those two, one is your nature, who you are, what you were born with, given to you by your parents. And the other one, you adapt to it by, by your environment, right? 
Yep. So your D is a real dominant personality, um, a fast talker, typically uses their hands. <laughs> uh, Both of us so, on this call right now. Yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, definitely a D. Um, your next personality is an I. They're more of an influencer. Uh, and you see a lot of women. I, I typically identify with women because they carry these like big cockabooks, big earrings, flashy kind of clothing. And then you have the S, which is a supportive personality, really structured and analytical. And then the C personality is cautious. And you can kind of tell personalities based on people's jobs as well. People within real estate are typically either a D, I, or a C. We have very little S's. They're typically your admins and secretaries, your S personalities. So, and you're speaking of my niche, you know, you're going to get investors who are definitely high D's and high C personalities. hundred percent. They all are, I think, for, yeah, that, for, for all sure. of that matter. So folks, let me give you an example because Jennifer, the best person I've ever seen teach DISC is actually Angel Tucker with Exit Realty. Woo-hoo! I actually saw, I'll give Angel Tucker a shout out. Angel Tucker uh, teaches DISC personality training. And that when I saw her live, I was actually in the Exit Realty broker owner training in Missagua, uh, Ontario, in Canada. And what happened was, was uh, she came in there, did her thing. And this is like in 2000, fuck, I mean, this might've been 2011, 12, 13, something like that. So what happened was, is that, you know, I didn't know disc that well then. Mm -hmm. I actually did the chameleon thing, but I never really did disc. So here's a funny story. And this is so true, you guys. So my wife's a high C, like we're complete opposites. So during Angel's presentation, my wife texts me and says, ah, my throat's hurting. I feel like shit. Now, my D personality would have been like, well, go fucking rub some dirt on it. Get some medicine and and just go ahead and finish this, you know, go ahead and feel better. But then literally right after Angel's telling this story, she goes, she's a C person. I'm like, holy shit, my wife's a C. Like she's a high analytical. And she's like, all right, well, she taught me how to, she taught the class how to talk to him. So instead of me saying my high D statement, what I did do was I texted a little uh, message. I'm like, oh, you know what, babe, that, that sucks. Like, you should really do this. Hey, I just asked this lady next to me sitting in this broker or training. She said, and she gave me like this little like concoction for her. And just because I took the extra five minutes, my wife, instead of calling me an asshole said, hey, you're so sweet. I love you, babe. I'm like, well, this works because I had to adapt like a chameleon to talk That's to my so wife. But this happens all the time in communication. I use it all the time with my, with my daughter too. Like she's a, a high DI and my C personality and her I just like get on top of each other all the time. But we meet in the middle of our, at our D's and we can butt heads a little bit too, but that's where our commonality is. But I've learned to change in speaking with even my family relationships and meeting those people where they're at so I could, so they can communicate better with me. Otherwise just the big Italian, you know, screaming match. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know all about those. So how do you identify the personality? And, she, and so I, I want to give you guys one more example. Let's just do the obvious one, the dating one. So dude walks up in a bar and just says, Hey, you want to go home? And maybe that'll more relate with a D than with a high C, right? I mean, is that, is that fair enough? Like, That's fair enough. I would say if he's walking up to you, he's definitely a D or an I. So, but you have to, regardless of what happens in the dating process, like people, you know, I, I do believe people judge a book by its cover. And in sales, when you just start speaking at somebody versus speaking with them, there's a major difference because in the first 10 
to 20 seconds, like they're going to make up their mind about you. A lot of times people use question-based selling to identify their personalities right up front before they start talking about business. So what is your strategy on that? How does somebody identify and learn what type of personality? Because that sets, your up, that sets yourself up to convert the deal, essentially. Um, you know, initially it's going to be more like body language and, and imitating them and what they look like. And like one of the things is when I sit down with, with clients is, or prospective clients is, you know, they ask if you want something to drink. And I always ask, well, are you going to have one? Because I want to mirror them and, and what they're doing. And if they say no, then I'm definitely not having one either. But, um, you know, how you really learn about meeting them, it just becomes this small, these small little shifts, I think, in the way that you present yourself so that, you're, you know, D's and C's will be more about the thinking process, right? Because they're more task oriented. And if we just change instead of saying, hey, instead of saying, uh, you know, how do you feel about that? You could say something, well, how, what do you think about that? I mean, that's just small little shifts that we have to make in our presentations when we know who we're sitting in front of. And sales, you know, I didn't come from a sales background either, but I was ready, willing, and able to kind of learn more verbiage and the sales process through. And, and my mentor was uh, Sandler Sales Training. I just felt like they, they really had this way of closing, having these mini closes. And that's kind of like what I tend to do now. Even with my investor clients that I know are quick and ready to go, I'm still asking the question to kind of close them. Like, what do you think about that? Are we going to make this happen? You know, things like that. So, The best person I've ever seen script on the phone would close every Zillow lead used to be, used to teach guys how to get laid at bars. He was a dating coach. Oh, I swear oh, to gosh. Great. And he was a killer on the phone. Mm -hmm, I always, mm -hmm. I'm like, if you saw this kid, you'd be like, there's no way in how this guy's going to sell real estate. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just like these mini closes where you know what's happening next. He knew exactly right? how to talk to him. He knows exactly mm -hmm. how to take him down the path. And he's always like, Mike, I talk about their dog for 20 minutes before I talk about their house. Mm -hmm. So he'll find common ground, ask the right questions. And then once he I'm figures sure out I the understand. pain points, then he comes back on through and starts creating or crafting the solution to solve their problem. That's really, really important, guys. Let's do another uh, example of this. Let's just take a listing presentation, for example. So Josh Altman, we all seen million dollar listing, right? Right. So they deal in the super duper Luber all luxury market, right? So you know the clientele that they're dealing with. Chances are they're high Ds. Have you ever seen them give a listing presentation? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. They just go to the bottom line. <laughs> hundred percent. They go to the bottom line right off the bat. Like, no, they're not walking in with these materials and be like, Hey man, I'm going to run Facebook ads over here. I'm going to do that. Like they cut right to the bottom line. But if you're going to go over to an attorney's office or like a doctor's office, somebody that a psychiatrist, for example, how are you going to present? Yeah, definitely differently. I'm going to not be so analytical or bring my numbers. It's going to be more about how they feel and if they're comfortable, especially those psychologists and people in maybe a social service kind of setting as well. Yeah, it's going to be more about the feeling and the emotional process. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. What are you seeing right now with some of the, you're, you're calling on a lot of distressed assets. So whether they're in foreclosure, probate, you know, let's walk through a role play. If you're cold calling them just on how it is, you mind if we uh, test one out, I'll be the seller and you could call cold call me. Sure, sure. No problem. But I already sort of know my personality, but I'm going to totally transform right now for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know NLP too, so we could, we could play this game. Um, let's go ahead and uh, you're going to ring me up. Let's roll. Okay. Already? Yep. All right. Ring, ring. Hello, it's Mike. 
Hey, Mike, it's uh, Jennifer from Exit Realty. How are you doing today? Um, good. What can I help you with? I'm starting to mill something. Oh, I see. I, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you know, are, are you enjoying the beautiful day we're having? Um, it's a little bit hot to my liking, but yeah, what can I help you with? Great, great. Well, again, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, I kind of see that uh, I may be some help and, and maybe some of my team members may be able to help you regarding your home. Is it something that uh, you're willing to talk to me about? Um, which home? I have a couple properties. Oh, you have a few? Yep. Okay. I'm talking about the one at 123 Main Street. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah. What could I help you with that? <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted to see, you know, as I said, I see that you're having maybe in a time in your life where things are transitioning and I wanted to see if I could help you with that. Would you be willing to talk to me? How did you know that? Uh, that's, that's a really good question. And, and I'm so great that you asked for it. But kind of just looking through my database and I'm able to tell online, you know, people who may be in some need of my services and your name kind of came up on a postcard. So I just wanted to, you know, see if it made sense for us to talk. Yeah. Good. I like that. And then I opened up and told my problem. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not really a hard kind of person on the phone. I don't like doing that, whether it's a distressed property or, or even just cold calling for regular sale kind of process. I just wanted to see, I want to see where they're at and how open you are to kind of give me information. Got it. That's interesting. I remember we used to do a lot of uh, cold, cold calling. First of all, you guys is probably the number one source of seller lead generation, just so you guys know cold mm -hmm. calling, but it's all on the list. Like if you're going to cold call a farm neighborhood and you're just hitting random people, you're going to burn out in like 20 minutes. But if you're actually talking to people who are distressed, you know, they're distressed and you already know they have an issue. It's a little bit different of a game, isn't it? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, but you know, there's a lot of people who don't want to give you that information either. Like, you know, they know, but still they don't want to give it up, you know? Yeah. So it's a matter of just finding that that common area for them to feel comfortable with you. And it is, I mean, I've been yelled at, screamed at, cursed at all the time. I'd rather them do that than, you know, give me a think it over or, you know, let me see what my wife says or, or sure. that kind of situation. Yeah. How many, if someone says, okay, let me check with my wife and I'll get back to you. What does that mean? Um, my typical response back to that. Well, I understand that you have to speak with her, but when you, talk to her, what's that conversation going to look like? Just keep asking questions, questions. Yeah, questions. I just keep asking. Yep. Just keep pushing until they tell me, say no. Well, let's, <laughs> or go yes. back, let's go back to dating. Isn't that usually like how people start meeting? Like, right? When people are <laughs> interview, you're interviewing each other. Let's be honest. <laughs> We've all had that stalker who just won't stop. I have not, but I understand that you might have. I, My, <laughs> come on, I'm sure you have. Stop. I don't get stalkers, but women, if you want to start, I'm not going to stop you from trying. All right. <laughs> Um, anything else you want to mention on this, uh, the chameleon, where can people, um, you know, where do they look at, where do they start? What, what, what advice you have for some other agents out there? And then uh, let's get some closing thoughts. Uh, yeah. I mean, to be the chameleon, I think Angel Tucker is definitely the way to go. She is just a master on it. It's kind of where, obviously where I learned it. I did learn it a little bit in Sandler as well. It was just brief introduction, but just studying like the personalities and knowing who, who is in front of you. It's just like transformative. It really, it really kind of is awe inspiring, transformative, and you're going to see your business just grow once you're being able to do that. I think we start with the people who are in front of us with your friends, family, and relatives and start practicing on them. I think that's a good source for you to kind of role play with them. 
how long did it take you to sort of get comfortable with it? Because learning disc and speaking at two personalities is really effective. I think every person in sales should do it. I mean, it should be a requirement. It should be taught in college, in all honesty. Yeah, I, I think that this, first of all, I was able to identify who I was. And that just made it easier for me to identify who other people are. Like as a high D and C, I don't have many friends. And I'm okay admitting that, right? Because I just talk a different language than a lot, a lot of other people. I mean, I think there's only 10% of us in the country that are high D's and C's. So I just wanted to kind of add that in that, uh, you know, that, if that makes sense. No, it does. You have to understand how you speak and how you communicate before you can ever adapt how to approach anybody. I was really bad at this myself because I would, I'm from Chicago. I speak really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And then what would happen is that I know when I lost people um, right off the bat, as a matter of fact, it happens sometimes too, even with real estate marketing, dude, uh, we might get an agent that'll check out our services. And if I go too fast for him, I lost him. Um, already. And that just goes back to the basics. So folks, this is not just a real estate thing. This is a everyday thing. Like this is no matter what, like your, your family, your kids prospecting. I mean, you name it. Yeah, for sure. Well, that was a uh, very uh, insightful, Jennifer. Do you have any other closing thoughts that you want to uh, go ahead and add in? And then please go ahead and let our listeners know how they can reach you or connect with you on social media in case they want to follow you and see what you're up to, what you're doing and uh, go ahead and, um, plug away. Yeah, I just want to say that, um, you know, for every agent out there that your business won't grow unless you start taking care of you first. So I kind of, kind of come from the mindset that this is my own business. I am a business entity. I am the CEO and the rock star of my community, which is why I wrote the book, Become a Rockstar Real Estate Agent, to kind of hit the masses. I mean, you can kind of read about how I went through my own business and uh, transformed it through the book. So Mike, I'd love to give all your guests a free download of the book at agentsuccesstraining.com. They can connect with me there and download the book for free. Cool. Well, I'll do that. Agentsuccesstraining.com. Yes. All right. You guys got the domain. And if you want to send it over, we'll put it in our show notes too. And you give you the download right on our page if you guys like. Thank you, uh, Jennifer. That was fun. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Folks, you know how we roll. Uh, We are a done for you video content creation company. We will build your personal brand and make sure nobody you know forgets who the hell you are. More importantly, we're going to make you a lot more attractive to be approached online just through consistent content creation because people don't hire you for what you do. They hire you for how you do it. And if you're stuck with what to do on video, that's where we fall in. We will craft a strategy specific to your liking, specific to your brand and goals, and then show you exactly how to do that with your cell phone while we edit all your videos and fully distribute them for you too. This is hands-off, done-for-you content creation. And the only time it doesn't work is when the people who see your videos don't like you. And I can't help you with that. You're in the wrong <laughs> So make sure you connect with us on social media. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, folks. If you like the tips, you like what you heard here today, subscribe to our YouTube channel and um, Facebook and follow us on Instagram as well. Jennifer, we really appreciate you. Awesome show. And uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. So keep it coming and share this show out there. Help us get the word. Leave a review. Send us to your broker. If you want a real estate marketing dude in your office, because your broker's not doing their job, then we could do that too. So that's it. Thanks for listening. See you guys on your episode. Peace. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. 
To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.